When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm pulling this one from the archives from years back, an in-season series we did with Brian Kite called The Leadership Journey. And in this particular one, which we labeled as week six, we're talking about next man up, but certainly next man up is an important idea you need regardless of the week of the season. So enjoy this one with Brian Kite. We're here today to take another step on the leadership journey and joining me is my co-host, Brian Kite. Brian, great to have you here in week six of the football season week six a good week an important week not my favorite week if we're not in week six but it is my favorite week if we're in week six because my favorite week is the one that we're in absolutely so today we're going to talk about the idea of next man up we always hear that in football especially you know we're going to have that situation where somebody goes down with an injury a guy isn't performing, and you hear those great programs talk about, well, we're just about next man up. But I really believe that, especially when we look at the high school level, the younger levels, even into some of the college levels, that that next man up mentality works best with E plus R equals O. But I think our players are also in that situation where they need us as their coaches, they need us as their teachers to bring them through that. And certainly that applies in life, you have a friend calls you up, asks for some advice. I haven't really dealt with this situation before. I haven't dealt with people in this way. How do I best get through it? What they're really asking for is to help you through, help them through that process, help them understand what their outcomes are and what, what they would like to get and that are that they need to get there. So that's what we're going to focus on today, Brian. It's something I think as we get towards this time of the year, whether that's the wear and tear on certain players in certain positions or just things that happen at inopportune times, that whole idea of next man up really starts to come into play right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually wearing my E plus R equals O shirt right now that, that we have. I, I, I don't know if E plus R equals O works by osmosis is it, uh, from a t-shirt. Is it a Henley the, or is it a t-shirt? It's a full T. I don't have any E plus R equals O Henleys. I'm pretty adamant my Henleys have no graphics on them whatsoever. <laughs> I, I like the plain Henley okay. for those of you who know. Fortunately, Bitmoji doesn't make a Henley, so I can't actually, can't actually get a digital avatar of myself in <laughs> my uniform but but you're but you're right Keith I, I I mean let me let me start with this premise of a very simple approach and a lot of the there's a there's increasingly coaches a lot of coaches who are listening who've actually been live in session with us whether at, at national conference or out of their school or, or at some of the other conferences as a coach you can't give what you don't have so to help a player with E plus R equals O, you've got to be deep within E plus R equals O. And the rule is, uh, and my dad has said this for a while, and, and it's this, if it's not happening in you, it can't happen through you. One of the most important things you can do for a player is teach a player how to use E plus R equals O, coach a player through E plus R equals O, 
help players see E plus R equals O in their life on the foot, on the field in situations and use it as the structure. So whether it's next man up or whether it's this man up or whether it is a guy who's been playing for a long time and trying to level his game up, it's always going to come back to E plus R equals O. And one of your skills, uh, or I should say two of your skills as a coach, it's really the combination of one equipping players to be better with E plus R equals O on their own. And then two, continuing to help them with E plus R equals O for the next challenge in front of them that they're not ready for. And good coaches keep leveling players up. And, and I actually think that's how it works in my life as well. And so in, and what I mean by that is this way is as a freshman, you're probably going to have to help, players with more E plus R equals O scenarios, including the coaching and the mistakes that they make and all those different things. But the sophomore year, they ought to be able to do and use E plus R equals O in more areas. And then you have to help them apply it at harder and harder things. And by the time they get to a senior, they're handling a lot of it on their own and you're helping them with the harder things for a senior and the next level of their life. And if you went with them to college, you think about how it scales up. Then they go to deal with the college issues and then they deal with job issues and then they deal with parenting issues and marriage issues and life issues. And, you know, eventually it takes us all the way to the end of this life. So there's really no end to it. And that's one of the beauties of it. So with, with next man up specifically, what I like about it is this, and I say this to all the teams that we get in front of one of the big problems. Uh, well, not, let's not start with a problem. Let's start with one of the cool things. One of the cool things to see and I love actually watching this in season is when a guy has his number called who didn't think his number was going to be called and he's ready. Mm -hmm. We had that last don't night. Make them, we had that last don't make night, Brian. Thinking, oh. it does, yeah. With the Browns. I know you got the, you got the Browns and, and they, they called Baker's number and Baker was ready last night and it's awesome. I hope they get to keep that train rolling. It's so interesting to watch it though, because a lot of times you see, Guys get called on and they're not ready. Right. It's like in life. And the thing I say to teams, the thing I let teams know, and we put this out there, a lot of coaches have responded to it. You have to train like a starter every day. And with all due respect, that principle is true for everyone. So don't tell, it's not, if it's not happening in you, it can't happen through you. You know, I, I believe one of my jobs on your podcast is to, provide insight and encouragement. I also believe one of my jobs is to challenge and push you as coaches and to, and to, to point out self-awareness gaps so that you have a voice in your life who you trust, who calls you out where you're not an authority over. And that, you know, that's one of the problems that coaches have is they have authority and then they don't have the, the, the real truth teller who coaches them in the same way they get coached. So let me just at least be part of that voice for you. If you are not repping yourself as that next level that you want to be, if you're not repping every day yourself to be the best version of you, if you're not repping as a, an assistant coach or a coordinator as if you were a head coach and training with that same level of responsibility, don't ask your backups to. You've got to train for the standards that you might get called on one day. And if you're not, don't ask somebody else to do it. So rather than start with, again, I don't want to, I don't want to start with the problem, start with the, start with the opportunity, start with where we want to do. And that is use E plus R equals O. Use it in all the context, use it in all the situations. And for somebody who's not starting, you have to apply E plus R equals O to their world because they, everybody has to use it where they are 
it's really hard for somebody who who isn't a starter to grab a hold of applying E plus R equals O in the fourth quarter down five because they're not in that environment. They need to be playing it where they are. The R on scout team, the R on getting other people better, the R on improving the quality of their reps, going back to this season's first episode with me and you, where we said, don't just, don't just win the drill, build the skill as well. Mm-hmm. That's the E plus R equals O application for those guys who may not be seeing the field, who aren't getting the call up yet, but they might get that call at some point later on in the year. As well as train this. Here's something I don't think coaches talk about. As well as train this. What if you work all year and your number never gets called? Happens all the time. Happens all the time, but, but I, I don't hear coaches talk about that a ton. Right? They say work really hard in case your number gets called. It can happen at any point, and that's true. But more often than not, I mean, again, if you look at the percentages, the percentages, most people don't get their number called. Right. So if we don't talk about that, of well, what's the ROI of me going out every day in practice and absolutely spilling it? and then never getting on the field or getting on the field for mop-up duty when we're up or down by a lot. What do I do with that experience? Talk about that with them. Why is that relevant? Why is that really important? Because it is, but players aren't good at, at filling in those gaps for themselves. So use E plus R equals O to help explain that, right? You need to. I, I forget what coach I was talking to about that exact thing this week, that you see it in some high school programs that – Sometimes those guys who are back a little bit, sometimes they're sophomores, sometimes even juniors, they, they get into that idea that my, my number's not going to be called this year, so you know I'm going to kind of roll with it. And they maybe two things happen. Maybe aren't giving as much as they need to, especially to those guys who are starters, not giving them enough competition to keep them moving along and getting better or not providing maybe a look they need to in practice. And then... Because they have that kind of mentality, uh, I'm not going to really get my chance this year. Coach talks about it. So you, you see that, I think, surface in different ways if you don't address that as a coach. And taking a step back, I think we look at this, and, and I want to share a couple things here. As you were talking, it reminded me of that the R situation as coaches. We have to prepare for all those different kinds of things, you know, and reading somebody like Bill Walsh. He always talked about contingency plans and what are we going to do if if this doesn't work out, that doesn't work out. Sometimes that involves personnel. I always like to think of it in terms of, especially being you know the quarterback's coach, if my guy goes down, what can I do with the next guy? What should I be working during the course of the week to help him succeed? So it takes a little bit more work, but I would look at his script for practice when we were running the twos and what's the package that... I'm going to feel most comfortable calling with him, and he's going to be most comfortable performing with. So there's a lot of things we need to do as coaches, as you mentioned, preparing for those situations and and understanding what the plan is as a coach, I think are very important so that when that next man up situation does occur, that that guy is going to have success. So we have a few different aspects working there in, in, in terms of that, what we're doing as coaches, and then maybe the mentality that some of those guys take on because of of what they see as maybe it's not going to come right now or it's really down the line for me? It's, it's pretty simple when we take a step back and we think about it is, number one, you are on a team. Number two, you are an individual. We did talk about this previously, or maybe, actually, you know what, maybe it wasn't you and I. Maybe, it was, maybe I was doing this in a session. There's a team and there's an individual. And to tell people lose all your individuality and everything about what is good for you for the sake of the team 
that's just really rare and uncommon. And to be completely and totally full disclosure, most people don't mean that, nor do they ever actually do it. It sounds really good, and it sounds like what you're supposed to do, but very few actually do that. Mm-hmm. Now, sa- now here's the thing. Sacrificing some things, sure, that's a lot more common. Sacrificing everything and losing yourself, that's not as common. And ultimately, even if you are going to commit to the team, you still have to have some sense of individuality because if you lose all your individuality, you don't know why you matter. So you want to be able to have individuality that's in there. And then once you tap into individuality for the sake of the team – and you've got contribution, well, then it comes to, do I know why I matter to this team? Do I know how I matter to this team? And do I know how I could matter to this team if certain things happened? And we, we've talked about it before, the semi, the uh, national semifinals last year mm-hmm. uh, in college football playoff and the, the wing on the PAT. It didn't block down. I think he had like a backup tight end or something like that. I think he had six or seven plays just didn't block down somewhere, somewhere in his head, what he did didn't really matter. And in order for somebody to be blocking, think about this in order for somebody to be blocking down with intensity on a PAT so that one of the six plays that that guy gets a game, I guess I would think two things. Number one, how much does he have to care about the team to do that one job and that one particular technique with intensity? How much does he have to care about the team? A lot. But also, don't forget this, how much does he have to care about his specific role? And how important does he think his job has to be? He's got to be deeply connected to that, right? He has to be, which means the person has to be important too, not just the team. Now, if we're going to put them in order, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do what's right for the team. And so therefore, your preferences might not be the only thing that we pay attention to. So I always want to make sure that, that everybody's role is clarified and important and people feel like what they do matters and that they're able to identify that to the team. And so start painting this picture. You're, if you're not the guy who's in on the field for the assistant coaches, if you're not the head guy, if you're not making all the calls, you can't be the one to make the calls. We start looking at how universal this is, where we can apply it as players and apply it as coaches is if you're not the starting quarterback, it's not your job to run the offense. It's your job to help the guy that runs the offense, and it's your job to be prepared to be the guy that could run the offense if the guy who's currently doing it isn't ready. Both of those things have to be in line at the same time. If you're an assistant coach, I was just literally, before, you, before we started this, I was on the line with an assistant coach at the high school level, and I was, I was telling him, hey, one of your jobs is to help the head coach do all the things that he wants to do. Like, well, if I don't think that's the right thing, you're, you can't be the head coach yet. So it's not up to you whether you think it's the right thing or not. You can voice, hey, I don't think that's the right thing, but then the head coach isn't going to make the call, just like a player. What I want you to do as a player is I want you to go show me the best you can possibly do it. Give me everything you got. And then I'm going to make a determination about whether you're going to be the guy that walks out or the next guy. But if something happens, our scheme changes, if the timeline changes, if a few players get rotated around, I might need to call on your skill set. So here's what I need from you. I need you to show me your full skill set so that I know when and where I can get you onto the field and how much I can trust you. And what a great way to communicate that to players. Show me your skill set. Show me your willingness to do things for the team. Show me how hard you can play. Show me what you're capable of, and I'll tell you what you're not as well, and I'll help encourage and I'll help, may help keep you honest about where you're not good enough. But show me all of those things so that when the moments arrive, and eventually they will, I know when and where I can put you on this, 
on the field to contribute to this team in a live game in the, in the live moment. And the further you have to go, the more work we have to do, the more important it is for you to do that because otherwise you're making the distance between now and when you actually get on the field, you're making it longer. Like I tell, I tell, tell, people, tell people all the time, same thing for coaches. The shortest distance between where you are and where you want to be is discipline. Right? Discipline is the shortcut. It's the shortest path because every other path besides discipline is longer. So if you want to be a big-time coach, if you want to be a coordinator, if you want to be a position coach, if you want to have your own school, if you want to get to college as a coach, and then same thing for all those things as players, the best and fastest path for you to get good at that is through discipline. The longest path or the path that cause, has the, the, the most inconsistency is the undisciplined path. Because then moments are going to arrive where you could be good enough, but you won't be because too much of your past lacked discipline. But how often, how often do you see coaches take jobs that they're not ready for? <laughs> I, I, I just talked to a former player last night. Very sharp kid, was always good on the football field, really knew the game, had a passion for the game. And here he is in year two. Year one was, you know, everything went right on the field. Good record. Year two, some struggles, discipline issues, having to deal with parents, things that maybe weren't expected at this point for him. And he's struggling with it. He doesn't have those responses built up. He hasn't thought about those things maybe and struggling with, is this the right thing for me right now? And, and it took some encouragement for him it took some advice and saying I want you to think about you know what you want from this what why are you doing this and you know we walk through some potential uh, responses for him and how he should handle that at this time but really a, a, a guy hungry for the job but but not quite prepared from a professional standpoint to do all those things not his fault someone gave him the job right but maybe not honest with himself going into it as to where he was and maybe some of those things that he would have to work on to, I guess, for lack of better words, completely enjoy the experience as well because he's not. He's, he's struggling with it right now. And it's, and it's cool if, if I had this conversation with my dad the other day about you know, some of the people that we work with and their next steps uh, uh, and you know, the things happening in the coaching world, so to speak, and it's cool if you take a job you're not ready for. I have. Yeah, me too. We just, we, we just be honest about where we are. And the ideal is not to take a job you're not ready for and then fall on your face on it because you didn't prep the right way for it. And part of it is you'll never be able to prep the right way. It's like football. You know, a quarterback's first five starts, how do you replicate those uh, and get them the exact same experience of, of five full live action games against opponents in practice? And the answer is you can't. No. It's, it's not possible, but some players prep with more and less discipline and E plus R equals O is the ideal tool for being able to do that because here's what it lets you do. And then get very mechanical with this in a bunch of ways. And let me, let me make this statement about E plus R equals O Keith, because having, having used it for 20 years plus and taught it for 15, you, you see everything under the sun and I still am neck deep in my own application of this uh, myself. Here's one of the things that people don't do consistently well with E plus R equals O. They don't get into the mechanics of it deep enough or heavy enough, and they stay too shallow with it. E plus R equals O, it is simple, but it is deceptively deep 
and powerful when you start using it as a tool. Tools have to be picked up. So for example, one of the things that I think would be really interesting uh, as a coach that I would do if I was coaching, you know, every day for athletes capable of this, I probably wouldn't do it for the young, young guys as in like before high school, but I would do it for high schoolers and above. And that is I would have every guy, I would talk about something called it. What's his R factor limit. And that an R factor limit is this, how difficult does the circumstance need to get before you're, you no longer have skill at managing your response. What's your R factor limit? And then have an honest conversation about, hey, your R factor limit is when you get two bad calls against you, that's where your R starts to go down to default because you get too angry. And then you start missing calls. You start playing outside of the scheme because you're upset. And your emotions get the best of you. So your R factor limit on a scale from one to 10 is about a five. As long as the game stays under a five, you tend to be pretty good and consistent. As soon as the game gets to a six, we can't count on you anymore. So your skill development needs to be at that level. Second thing I would do is I would be very specific about what ease, what events specific to a game players are good at and what they're not good at so that they understand with confidence when a certain ease shows up, I'm ready for this. I'm good at this. And they don't get emotionally out of whack. And then also what are the ease that they're not particularly good at so that they understand why you don't make certain calls, why they're not on the field on certain plays, and what they need to practice harder in, uh, uh, in practice and in drills. So for a quarterback, it's, hey, you're pretty good, at, pretty good at our speed outs. You're pretty good at our slants. And when we run smash, uh, you know, I really like the way you run it on the rollout. But when we do fades and when we do comebacks and when we do digs, that's what I don't have confidence in calling because you tend to rush those throws. Or you tend to try to score a touchdown every time we run that play. Like, that's really good. Like, you're not good at this E. You are good at this BZs, so let's practice those. Mm -hmm. And for the players who aren't on the field, think about if they had a list of, here are the 10 E's that I don't have confidence in you in right now. Don't have confidence in your ability as a cover two safety to split a fade and a post. Your consistency of being able to pedal to the appropriate depth, get your eyes to where the quarterback is, keep the track the distance between the fade and the post, and then break on the ball isn't isn't good enough yet. You're too slow with the read, you're too slow with the break, and you don't get enough depth. So until that E is better, you're not going to see the field. That's why the other guy's on there. Also, if you do get on the field, understand that's going to be a problem for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, like how like give them that structure as opposed to as opposed to knowing certain things and not having a simple structure or right, not knowing things and not having a structure that you communicate things to to players or telling the player, oh, hey, you're not good at that, or making the player guess where they're not good. Like if they have it almost like a checklist and then they can start working on the R and they're not having to change the tool, well, now they're using E plus R equals O for their emotions. They're using E plus R equals O in practice. They're using E plus R equals O for scheme. They're using E plus R equals O for technique. Look at what we've done. We've taken one tool, one structure, one, one system of thinking, and we've applied it to all the relevant areas that we're trying to touch in their lives. How powerful is it when one system can, expand, can span that many scenarios for a player and they're, they're building skill in working through the system and let that build up over the course of the years and let that build up over the course of the season? It's really powerful. Absolutely, Brian. And I wrote an article on that exact thing. I'll include that link in our show notes about thinking about ways that you can determine if your players are secure in that. We talked before about 
football being very evaluation friendly and film being our tool and we have all those things whether that's practice or game film that can start to show our players that but one of the great things I think I did and I honestly can't remember where I picked it up from was to just for every single concept we had in our offense and for every single position we built a checklist of the things that a player had to do and be proficient and secure in for for him to be successful at that play. And, you know, that's something that for me, I could think of the last time I did it was with offensive line. We would go through, we, we did it in spring. We did it at the end of fall camp. I think we did it a couple of times throughout the year so they could not only see their growth, but understand, you know, where we were at. And I did a self-evaluation, let them do it, and also then added mine to it. And I think it provides them, provides you as a coach some perspective of where they think they're at and maybe where the gaps are in those things. So um, very valuable, and it, it definitely can be something that is, is formalized. Definitely something in the simplest form is, is something that you can talk to your players about every single day and give them feedback on, but also something as a tool that you can really organize into a system. And that's it. And, and don't be afraid of or think that getting into the mechanics harms the simplicity or application of E plus R equals O. The value of E plus R equals O is that you can always come back to it, but take the situation really, really deep. And then in terms of what's driving the way someone is managing E plus R equals O, including yourself, and then come back to the simple application of it for your real execution and lessons learned. For example, right? If, if I just read something about, read, read, saw a guy on Twitter and he was doing what coaches do and others do sometimes these kids and they're so entitled and they're so soft. You better take some hard coaching. And it's this, you know, you better take hard coaching and we can't coach kids hard anymore. Uh, little BCD there, huh? A little, little BCD. Right. And here's the, here's what that is. One teenagers are frustrating. It's what they are. If you're not ready for that, don't be a coach. Two, if the kid mismanages emotions and the kid can't handle himself and the kid doesn't have mental toughness, that's part of the maturing process. That's how kids are. You don't want that, don't coach. Number three, what is your job as a coach? It's to help teach kids mental toughness. Number four, and I guess if I watch that coach, given the BCD that they decided to write a big post on Twitter and get a bunch of other coaches to come in and agree with them, and a bunch of them did in the comments, and then they said, yeah, here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess you don't know and have skill in coaching any other way than yelling and coaching just hard all the time and being hard on everybody. And what it is, is it's not, the, it's not only the kids lacking a little toughness. It's also you lacking flexibility as a coach in your skill. You've got two ways of coaching, not 50 ways of coaching. You can coach one kind of player, but if a player isn't, doesn't come 80% out of the box ready to play the way you want, you have a hard time working with that player. You label them too quick. You judge them too quick. And if they're not your kind of guy, hard to work with them. Like that's, that's what I want to make sure that we get on coaches. Like co we have our own E plus cycles O to do. We have our own application to do like literally, literally Keith to the point where I am so much better, so much better as a person than I was seven years ago. And I loved who I was seven years ago. <laughs> I just wasn't good enough five years ago. Like I would love to have footage of certain sessions I did five years ago and the way I did things and taught and was in front of teams. Because there's parts of it where I'd like, ooh, that was pretty good. And then there's other parts of it. If I had film on myself, guess what I'd say in some sessions? Yeah, that's that. I'm way better now. 
I lacked flexibility. I only had one way of teaching that. Now I've got eight. What's, what's the audience that I'm working with and how, what, what is the best way for them to learn this lesson to advance them? Not what's the only way that I want to coach, what's the only way I want to teach, what does this audience need from me right now? And do I have the skill to flex into that capacity? And that's what we ask our players to do. What does this team need to me, need me to be? And how do I adjust myself to make sure I give what the team needs? We ask it of players. Let's ask it of ourselves. If it's not happening in you, it's not going to happen through you. Brian, some great stuff there on this man up, next man up, how we get better as coaches. And it all comes down to the same principles we've been talking about. The, the E plus R equals O in the system that you've de- developed alongside of that. Brian, I know the other great resource. Uh, I look at it every single morning. I usually retweet it or put it on my LinkedIn as well because they're, they're just some great points and great things to remember as you approach each day is the daily discipline. How can our listeners get the daily discipline? You can sign up for it. All you need is your, your, your first name and your email address. Just inserting an update here. You need to go to dailydiscipline.com and you can follow Brian on Twitter also at tbriankite. And get to daily discipline there as well. I got a text and a tweet. I got a text from a coach at, a, at an SEC school today just saying, hey, how, how important the daily disciplines are to the daily focus from a coaching perspective and from a team perspective. And they, they, they just use the simple messages, not every day, you know, but they use the, the messages with consistency uh, in their unit rooms and with the team. And they just pass those messages on because they're, they are the mechanics of E plus R equals O. Then I got somebody shared on Twitter at a high school. They, uh, they take the emails each morning and the ones that connect with them or resonate with them or resonate for their school or team, they print them out and post them up on the bulletin board in the school, in the office, where they walk through. And the, and the one that, that this guy sent today will have like 15 of the daily discipline messages over the last however long posted up on the bulletin board. And secretly, I, I, I want to know why some of them they like and some of them they don't, but I, I joke. I, it doesn't matter to me. It meets you where you are. And so if you, if you read two a week, if you read one a week, and if, if only one a month resonates with you, what, what, I, what I write for and why I send these out every day is this. Everything can change in a moment. Sometimes, sometimes, one thing that meets you at the right time when you need it, it can change everything. And so I want to do my part contributing to your lives by simply putting out important, timeless truths and principles so that when you need them, they are available to you. So I would encourage you to, uh, to join the 8,000 people who are uh, reading this thing every single day, which is one of the coolest things we have ever done. And we are so grateful that even eight people read this, let alone 8,000. Uh, would love for you to join and be part of it. Best of luck to you guys this week. Uh, if you have any questions, you feel free to interact with uh, Brian at T. Brian Kite on Instagram or Twitter, as well as myself at Coach K Grabowski. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. love to hear some ideas or things you would like us to talk about in the upcoming episodes. Thanks to everybody, Brian. Thanks to you for joining us again. Thanks, Keith.